Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, the Olympic Marathon Mom. We are just adjusting to ah, life at home. And, um, you know, I won't complain. I'm always, you know, aiming to keep a, a positive message and being grateful. And, of course, that's still you know, the way it is. And, you know, just now I'm looking out the window and it's a beautiful sky and I'm in a house that protects me and we had a good meal to eat. So, um, yeah, of, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Competing in track meets and other races in your 70s. Well, I run six days a week, uh, six consecutive days and take one day off or, or seven days and take one day off just because I, I feel I should have a day's rest. Um, and normally I run 10K in the morning, uh, for instance, you know, 70K a week. This morning, for instance, I ran uh, 10K, and then at the end of the 10K, I, I ran a 1K uh, at race speed, and then a 100-meter dash at race speed, and then casually went home. And how to stay motivated when everything has changed. You can't control what other people are doing around you. You can't control the temperature. So you focus on the things that you can control. And that's that's what I've been doing. It's what, I, what can I control in my life right now? My daily movement, uh, my attitude towards things, how I take care of myself, how I choose to take care of myself. So those are the things that I'm focusing on. On this edition of IREN Radio, the Olympic marathon mom, Krista Duchesne, is going to join us. Along with managing life at home with her family, Krista is now going after a record in the ultramarathon. The amazing story of Frank Mills, who is still competing in track meets when they're allowed to be staged, in his 70s. And we'll be joined by runner and coach Phaedra Kennedy. She's going to talk about how to maintain your energy and find a little inspiration as the pandemic continues well beyond what most of us originally expected. Let's get things started with IRUN's editor and general manager, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. And and not just hello, but, you know, you, you passed a big milestone this week because you got your second dose, right? Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's a That's big moment. True. I don't know. I don't know how much of an accomplishment it is because it's not like, you know, you didn't make the vaccine. It's not like you mixed it up in your in your house and injected it in your own arm. Um, but it's still, you know, I'm, I'm glad for you. I'm happy about it. Well, I, I will take some credit because one, I think it's kind of hard to get signed up for that, uh, second dose. Like I suppose, I yeah. The whole morning. You, I, you I won the, that. you won the lottery in the, the vaccine lottery or the, some people are calling it the vaccine hunger games, right? I, I like that. I almost gave up because I tried in the morning and I was on the wait list and I put us on all these lists and all these things. And I almost gave up, and then in the afternoon, I sort of caught a second wind, and I tried again, and I just started phone calling the places, and it was about on the 10th place that I called, uh, I got one. So I feel like, and if I'm just like searching, because it's going to be hard to do, because I'm trying to get some uh, compliments from you, but I will say this about my COVID injections <laughs> as well, and my, my vaccines. You know, on both vaccines, it just so happened that I do my speed work on Wednesdays, and on both uh, on both of my uh, vaccine days, I did my speed work that night. Okay. So I was, uh, and, wow. and on the second one, I felt no. The first one, I felt a little funny, but basically fine. And the second one, I felt nothing and was able to do 
you know, so I didn't. Uh, so we're rocking, baby. Okay, That's well, what I'm trying to say, yeah. So good for you. Yeah. I'm I'm happy yeah. for you. And and there uh, you go. Yeah. Thank you. There's it is a. I'm, we don't. Have, you know, this isn't the show for us to go down this this path, but. It is a bit of a weird system. I remember when I was logging into it, it's a little bit like if you're trying to get into the New York City Marathon and when you log in at the time they tell you the registration opens, there's no spots available. But if you log in three hours later, there are spots available. That's kind of, yeah. you know, that's it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. But anyway, that's the yeah. way it is, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Sp- speaking of big events, you know, the Olympics are coming up and... Um, and uh, frankly, I mean, they're they're just over a month away, right? After after we, we've waited an extra year, and it's gonna be it's gonna be different, uh, but it's still going to be a major major event that we're gonna be able to watch on on television with some some big running events, obviously, including the marathon. Um, it's pretty exciting. Oh, it's so exciting! It's so exciting, and the Canadians have just been doing such a great job and there's so many fun athletes to follow and cheer for and the marathon and the marathoners you know these people and coming right down to the wire to them qualifying i know we have a piece one of our favorite runners is uh, a woman in british columbia named natasha wodak and uh we have a piece that we're working on and she's going to the Olympics in the marathon, and uh, she's trying to set in her time trial. This is just such a good example of what I mean about what a fun time it is to be a fan of running. She's going to do a little time trial just as a prep for the Olympics, and she's like, she's going to go for the the women's half marathon record, wow. you know, and just as a lead up to the Olympics. And it's wow. just like, wow, how can you not love that? And that, I don't, I think she's thirty six. Let's say, you know, like she's yeah. not. See, and but what a great attitude! Like, how fun is that? Who does that? You know, who does? Who before the NBA finals plays uh, <laughs> plays a three-on-three tournament? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yet, yeah. yeah. And and that she's so like when I do a story for for the magazine with her, I'm not running through her agent or running through you know whoever. It's just like I just call her up and like, yeah, sure, we can do it. You know, it's just. I'll, I'll never stop yeah. being so impressed by that. You know, I've been watching the Olympics since I was a kid. I love the Olympics. I, I love seeing these athletes pursue their dreams. I love just, you know, how many different events there are. It's such a, you're just moving from one thing to another, and there's all these different things going on, so it's action-packed, um, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the World Series or the Stanley Cup Final can be really suspenseful, but it's, you know, it's every second night for, uh, it's not... It's not, you know, gold medal here, gold medal there, gold medal there. Um, So I love that. But what changed for me when I started running and started training for half marathons and marathons is for the first time in my life, having been a spectator most of my life and not having been an athlete, for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I could relate to the athletes. And by that, I, I don't mean in any way I understand the pressure they're under or what it's like to be an elite athlete. But I do know what it's like to train really hard for something and and go show up on race day and not know how it's going to go, right? And that's the experience a lot of us have with the marathon or the half marathon or a 10K, whatever. And that's what these athletes go through on a much bigger scale, obviously. But but I can I now can, in a small way, relate to that. And I find that very powerful. Oh, and I'll even take that a step further is because I always love when you talk to these guys and they do unbelievable things and 
set a record or, you know, just run so unbelievably fast. It's like, wow, you know, break that down for me. How did you do that? Like, as usually when I'm on 34K in a marathon, I'm dying. Like, what, what were you doing? And he was like, oh, I was dying. And I was like, what was going through your mind? I'm not going to finish this. Like, you'll get it next time. Don't worry about it. You know, so it's like, they're so human. It's just like, it's not, there's not anything that they're, you know, they say they, they put their pants on one leg at a time yeah. like everybody else. And it's the same thing with these runners. So anybody at 37K going as fast as they can, like, or, you know, or you know, 8K, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is for you, whatever your race is that you're participating in. But it's like, it's not like there's magic beans that anybody's taking. Like, yeah, it hurts. It's like, it's tough. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, anyway, I have huge respect for all the athletes who put so much time and energy into, into achieving their, their goals. And when I talk about, you know, we, we talked about you getting vaccinated and, and we, the pandemic is all around us still. Uh, we talk about these athletes who have been training, they have to wait an extra year to actually go to the Olympics, you know, and, and unfortunately not to dwell on this point, but it may have affected some Olympic dreams, right? There might've been some people who would have qualified last year and who didn't qualify this year. That kind of thing may have happened. Um, but we we're, we're starting to see evidence now. And I know you've, you and I have both observed this on our own, but because of the pandemic, there are thousands and thousands of new runners in our community, right? Oh, I, I think the number was as high as what? 30% 30% of people running right now are new pandemic runners. Yeah. I mean, that is just like, it's funny because we kept this, the new running boom, the next one, I don't know if we would be in the third or fourth running boom or whichever one it would be by now, but like, I feel like the running boom we were waiting for, maybe the last running boom was when the Spartan races and all of those things started popping up and everybody got excited, you know, or the color runs and all of that, like kind of brought in some new people. But I feel like um, the pandemic has certainly done that. And actually, what I'm hoping is that maybe, you know, all these people that just started running will be able to flip the channels during the Olympics and maybe catch some of these uh, runners' stories, and it'll take them further into our sport. That's yeah, what I'm uh, really cool. hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, right? Do you what notice it out there, running? though? And, I, 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 you know, it's, it's obviously very subjective, but I, I feel like there are more people out there running. I feel like when I go for a run at the same time as I always do, there are different people that I haven't seen before, and I know that's highly subjective and could be misleading, but it just, it feels, it, it, the, the, the data matches my experience. Right, right, right. Well, the thing about my experience currently is it's colored almost exclusively by the dive bombing birds. I don't know. Do you of have course. this in Ottawa? No, but, yeah. I, but you've talked about it before, right? They're they're attracted. Well, they're attracted to your to your um, hairless head. Let's call physique, it that. To my to my physique and uh, charming personality. It's oh, right. just it's so it's it's so it's disconcerting, and it's not that big of a deal. But it's just like the notion, you know. Uh, they so there's a place where a lot of us run in Toronto, down by the lake, the MGT. It's called and. You know, it's basically the most of a lot of runners run there. There's no traffic lights, but right. it is trees by the water, which is their haven. And for a couple of weeks when they're building their nests, it is really open season. <laughs> and they and, don't like uh, people being around. Yeah, so they, they don't like they, it. They, 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 don't, they, they send don't that like signal. It. Yeah, I hear you. And, I've been through that experience yeah. once, and it's it's unsettling. Um, <laughs> Yeah, nice way I hear you. It. Yeah, I, right on. I was unsettled on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to leave their nest alone, but then they attacked my head, and it was like, okay, you okay? <laughs> it's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, good stuff, Ben. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Appreciate your time, my friend.
That's Ben Kaplan, iRun's editor and general manager. Coming up next, our Olympic marathon mom, Krista Duchesne. This episode of iRun Radio is brought to you by Virtual Run Canada. Check out virtualruncanada.ca. That's virtualruncanada.ca. Krista Duchesne is a Canadian Olympian who finished third in the Boston Marathon in 2018. She has contributed the Marathon Mom column to iRun for many years. Krista, it's great to chat with you again. Oh, my pleasure. You know, it's funny because we always refer to you as the Marathon Mom, uh, but I didn't really notice until today that it's actually in your email signature. So at the bottom of your emails, (laughs) it says, Krista Duchesne, Olympian, Marathon Mom, Registered Dietitian. I love that. Yeah, got a, a couple of titles, I guess, by my name. <laughs> That's who you are, right? It's your identity. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, t- tell me a little bit about how life has been for you lately. Uh, you've, you've, uh, you know, like, like everyone, uh, you have been uh, coping with some very unusual circumstances. Uh, what's it been like for you and your family? you know, like everyone else, we're just adjusting to ah, life at home. And, um, you know, I won't complain. I'm always, you know, aiming to keep a, a positive message and being grateful. And of course, that's still, you know, the way it is. And, you know, just now I'm looking out the window and it's a beautiful sky and I'm in a house that protects me and we had a good meal to eat. So, um, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm I'm pleased with that. But there's certainly challenges just with, like, you know, the day-to-day and teenage kids who don't necessarily get to bed on time and kind of getting after them. But, you know, we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. And what, what uh, has the running been like for you lately? Running, you know, hasn't changed too much for me uh, with the pandemic other than the lack of official races. So basically, if I have, you know, something in the calendar that I'm training for, whether it's a time trial um, or the the uh, 54K on the trails I did last fall, that is motivation for me and it keeps me um you know, excited to run and have something to train for and it gives me purpose. So I'm happy for that and hoping to do a 50K on the road sometime in May. We had to postpone the date because of the uh, most recent restrictions. And um, if the uh, restrictions are changed so that we can have um, groups outside of, you know, even five people, we're, we're hoping that we'll be able to go ahead with it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this transition you've made, somewhat of a transition uh, from uh, doing marathons to doing ultra marathons. What was the appeal of that for you? Well, I knew that when I kind of transitioned out of competitive road racing in terms of marathons that I would want to get to the trails and, and explore that area. And, you know, there's so much to learn there when I did that ultra back in the fall um even just the footing and roots and rocks and single track that was just completely new to me so i I still feel like i have a lot to learn there and it was a good opportunity to do that um i call it race but it wasn't really an official race because you know with no races going on it was kind of a good time to to check that off my bucket list and to explore it so I know I still want to do a couple more world majors if I can and and keep running on the road and so uh, Reed actually came up with the idea Reed Coolsat who's uh, you know everyone knows Reed the Olympian yep. and like and my coach now um, came with 
with the idea of going after the 50K record, um, and we talked about that in December. So I thought that was a great idea, and uh, here we are in May, and hopefully just a few weeks away from uh, making that attempt. Yeah, so what, what would be the record? What would you be going for? So Catherine Jones has it from BC, and it's three hours and 28 minutes. I believe. And um, I know that she has said that um, she ran that in really hot and humid conditions. So, um, you know, hopefully it's something that can be lowered in time. But, you know, like we know with marathons, uh, it's a long time when something can go wrong and things can start kind of going backwards. So hopefully everything falls well into place and um, and we're able to do that. Now, I should mention too that Rachel Hanna is also doing the 50K with us. So uh, it'll be great in that we'll be able to push each other and compete. Mm. And, you know, we've kept in touch this whole time. We're both dietitians as well. So I think that's given us motivation and, again, purpose for our training, knowing that, um, you know, we both want to get that 50K record and, you know, we're working hard to do that. Awesome. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that that's a really good time, obviously. You know, for a lot of people, that's a great marathon time. You're squeezing in an extra uh, 8K in there uh, <laughs> to get in under 328. So that's that's a super fast time, obviously. Um, how have you... One of the things I love about ultra marathons, by the way, in the longer distances, is that the gap between men and women goes down the longer the distance is. Women obviously are are um, many women, many elite runners are very comfortable with longer distances and are very kind of you know are well set up for endurance tests, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's interesting because. Um you know, if you look at the dropout rate um, with just the elite fields from 2018 Boston Marathon, a lot of women, a lot more women finished than men. Yes. And um, probably it's it's just, you know, a difference in, in who we are and how we approach our training. And, and, I mean, I think I've read a few things as to why. I can't remember the exact details. But, like, for me, the, the, um, the appeal is the mental discipline and, and drive required for that. And I was just explaining to someone today, it's training for a 50K isn't that different than a marathon, other than the pace is a bit slower, so it's not quite as intense. However mentally you need to be able to dig because I said, you know, if you're doing a, a workout of any sport and it has four sets and you get to the third set and you've got one more left, I, I find the 50K is like you get to that fourth set and then there's another set. So it's yeah. actually five sets. So it's that kind of, okay, you, you're digging to go further and then you have to dig one more time. So... Um, even with the date being postponed, I kind of took that like, okay, this is like the 50K, you know, you got to the marathon, but you've got one more big push to do to to get there. And um, many people probably know that Des Linden just broke the world record for the 50K and ran um, 2.59, just got under the three hours for the first woman to ever do that. And, you know, she described it in a similar way in that, you know, it, it got tough at the end and she had to really hold on because she wanted to to go under three hours which she did by like less than 10 seconds i think so wow yeah it's 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 a neat you know it's it's kind of the same sport but things to learn and a little bit different and i'm quite enjoying it yeah and can you describe that i mean there's something about that i think that appeals uh to all of us in some way even though it's really hard Uh, that's 
whether it's a marathon or an ultra marathon or for some people a half marathon, there is that there is that thing of of rising to the occasion when it gets hard, of toughing it out through those last few kilometers when everything is telling you to stop. That is part of the appeal of doing these longer distances, isn't it? Definitely, yes. And, you know, I know when I did my first marathon, like almost 20 years ago, running the race itself, I was thinking, okay, why are you doing this? This hurts. And, and oh, when is this going to be over? And then you cross the line, and the first thing you think about is wanting to do it all over again. And I, I think for a lot of us, it's the process. We like, you know, setting our goals out, you know, writing them out, and, okay, in this month, we want to do this, and this month, and, you know, putting our races in there, and, I mean, for now, time trials, and, you know, kind of chipping away at at something and then even in the actual moment it hurts but it's kind of coming back to that pad of paper where you've written those goals down and you just put a check mark in the box and and you did it right that's kind of what mm-hmm. drives us that's what we love uh, about the sport absolutely the numbers and that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah um we love testing ourselves and passing the test i think that's a that's a big exactly. part of it yeah so um let's let's go back to the theme of mother's day here for a moment and just tell me you know you identify yourself as the marathon mom we've talked about you in that role before what has running meant to you in the context of your family over all these years well i think first of all it hasn't been the most important thing in my life you know my my christian faith and my family is is most important and, and my husband and then my kids and so I think it's it's just also showing them that it's a, a career that I kind of um, ended up pursuing based on using the gifts and abilities I had as I kept getting faster with each marathon and, you know, slowly building on that and getting better and setting goals and, and you know, hardships along the way. And, you know, my kids have been able to see what I've done and I don't need to, you know, do what I say, not do what I do. They can see me doing those things. And, and yeah. as an athlete, with them and their sports, you know, they can see you know, what I eat and how I take care of my body and how it benefits me. And so, you know, someday they'll be doing something probably fairly similar in terms of, of, you know, choosing a a goal and looking at what they need to do to get to that. And yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's been a lovely journey and I'm still on it and enjoying it and, you know, just kind of teaching them general life lessons, I suppose, in terms of what anyone could do with the career that they have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're getting ready to do something pretty cool. You're going to be one of the commentators for the marathon at the Olympics uh, this year. Um, and I know everybody is so looking forward to to there being Olympics after they were postponed last year. Um, tell me a little bit about how you're preparing for that and how excited you are to be doing that. Right, yeah. So um, actually about a year ago, um, when I knew that it would be pretty difficult to make the Olympic team just with the depth of of Canadian women and how much faster they are and how many more of them are are running that well, I knew that um, I likely wouldn't be, you know, investing too much in trying to make the the Olympic team. So um, I thought it was a good opportunity to look into the possibility of, of doing the broadcast. And that's something that I've done with Alan Brooks and the Canada Running Series and a few other opportunities. I've done it with you in 
Ottawa. And so I um, made a few emails and heard back. And, you know, basically at that point, we hadn't even, um, we didn't know if we were going to have the Olympics last summer, right? Yeah. So once it was postponed, they said, okay, stay tuned. We still want you to do the job. And then so we kind of revisited the, the topic again this year. And so things have been moving and the announcement was made. And so basically I will be in Toronto doing the, um, uh, being a, an analyst right. for the, the women's and the men's marathon uh, that will be in, um, in well, Sapporo. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be a great opportunity, and I'll be doing it alongside of Scott Russell. Yeah, Scott Russell, who's yeah. who's run some marathons and commented on many more. And, yes. um, and uh, yeah, and, and of course, that's that's the way a lot of sports broadcasting is happening now during the pandemic is from a studio rather than than from the event itself. But I think, you know, the marathon is probably more conducive to that than than any other sports event because you spend most of the time you and I have done it together before in Ottawa you don't get to you're, you don't get to see the runners until the last 100 meters anyway so you're watching mm-hmm. most of it on a monitor under normal circumstances as it is mhm yeah exactly yeah. so it'll be good to use that experience um, as I, I do this. And, you know, one thing that's really important in terms of my role is to to do the best job I can of providing the, the race story, so to speak, not just to Canadians watching, but especially to the family and friends of the athletes who would normally have been able to go but aren't. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, yeah. was announced a while ago that there won't be any spectators allowed and um, other than, than locals possibly, or possibly. So I think, you know, that's, I, I just can't imagine looking back at my experience and, and not just having my family there, but running into their arms when I crossed the finish line. Like, I thought for sure I'd have to go through security, but they made their way down and the Canada mm. flags and the hugging and crying and cheering and, so that won't be experienced by them, but they'll still be able to have a good Olympic experience. And I want to be able to do the best job I can to provide that for them as they're going to be watching it on the screen and, and following online and that kind of thing. Yeah. Great stuff. Krista, it's always a pleasure. Good luck as you prepare for the Olympic coverage and good luck with your 50K run as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. That is Canadian Olympian Krista Duchesne, who will be part of the Olympic coverage of the marathon coming up this summer. Coming up next, winning track meets in your 70s. This episode of I Run Radio is brought to you by Virtual Run Canada. Check out virtualruncanada.ca. That's virtualruncanada.ca. Frank Mills is a runner in Peterborough, Ontario. Like a lot of other runners, he runs almost every day. He does about 70K a week, and he races in distances like 5Ks. Here's the thing, though. Frank is 71 years old. Frank was also involved in a discussion this week among iRun readers about whether you can run while wearing a face mask during the pandemic. So we're going to talk about that as well. Frank, it's a pleasure to chat with you. Welcome to iRun Radio. Good to be here. So tell me a little bit about how you got into running, and then we can talk about the whole experience of running with a mask. How did running become a part of your life? Well, I, I ran in high school track, and then through my uh, 30s, I ran uh, competitively 
ranging from 5K to uh, ran a few marathons, although it wasn't my favorite distance. And I kept running uh, all through my life. I'm, I'm now 71 years old, and uh, I compete in uh, Masters athletic track meets uh, at distances from 400 meters to 5K. Wow. So and you've been running you know, a long good, time, Frank. I have been running a long time, yeah. So I've got uh, endurance, I guess, for, for that. Um, I, You know, my highlight was I was scheduled to, I had been training for three years to get on the podium at the World Masters Championship in the 5K, and we all know what happened to it. It uh, it got canceled. Yeah, like so, so many other things, right? <laughs> like so many other things. So last year, I ran in two races the uh, at the Toronto Track and Field Centre at the uh, pre-run and then the Indoor Championships, uh, Ontario Indoor Championships. I won a couple of silver medals. And at the race before, I did win the 1K race and ended up uh, number one ranked 1K runner in Canada for 2019. So, wow, a uh, bit of accomplishments. But uh, I'm looking forward if we all pull together and behave ourselves that there'll be uh, Ontario Outdoor Championships at the Track and Field Center this August. So okay. that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. So, oh, yes. <laughs> Frank, what's a good time for you in the 1K? In the 1K, I, I won that race at uh, 3.58. Um, wow. I think I can run a lot faster, but all I had to do was win, win my age group in that race, and I did. So Yeah. Uh, I think a good time for me would be maybe uh, 10, 10 or 11 seconds better than that. Okay. And what about the 5K? 5K, I'm shooting, like my goal this year is to break uh, break 21 minutes. So uh, I think I can do it easy enough. Okay. See, that that would be a good time for me. And I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit younger than you, Frank. I'm... I'm uh, yeah almost 20 years younger than you. So you're, you're doing pretty well with that. That's pretty impressive, yeah. to say the least. Wow. Good for you. Well, it's uh, hard work. Yeah, it is. Secret to success. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting. Earlier in the show, we talked with Alex Hutchinson, who just wrote a, a piece for the Globe and Mail about uh, about how you need to stay consistent with your training and keep running over time and not step away from it for very long if you're going to maintain your speed and your fitness. And it sounds like you're an example of that. Yes, and, and I read Alex all the time too and, and occasionally buy his books. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. So uh, what what kind of enjoyment do you get from this, Frank? What is what do you What do you like about running? What's kept you involved in the sport for so long? I'm competitive, so I like uh, I like running. I like racing, and it makes me feel good. I, you know, I'm uh, I like to be healthy and fit, and and uh, I also like the um, getting out to run with people and run in races. Although I haven't been able to do that recently, I uh, enjoy that. So it's it's my hobby. Like some people golf, I run. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like it's it's helped you stay in shape and and like both mentally and physically over the years? Absolutely, yes. Uh, 
in both cases. Yeah. Like I, although I'm uh, I'm retired, but I still uh, do a little bit of consulting in municipal work uh, one one day a week, and uh, other times I just spend uh, pursuing my fitness and where we go. Yeah. And how much do you actually run? Because you're not training for marathons. You're training for, for short to medium distances. So how often do you run? How much do you run? Well, I run six days a week, uh, six consecutive days and take one day off or, or seven days and take one day off just because I, I feel I should have a day's rest. Um, and normally I run 10K in the morning, uh, for instance, you know, 70K a week. This morning, for instance, I ran uh, 10K, and then at the end of the 10K, I I ran a 1K uh, at race speed and then a 100-meter dash at race speed and then casually went home. Yeah. That's that's a lot of volume, though, because some people train for a marathon doing 70K a week or 80K, so... You're doing a lot of volume and you're running a lot of days. There are people in their 50s and 60s who who have switched to running kind of every second day or three or four times a week to to kind of reduce the the impact on their bodies. They need more time to rest and recover, but obviously you don't. No, and uh, I, I'm light, so I don't have I don't have any body fat. Like I'm five nine hundred and thirty two pounds, so I'm not carrying any fat to, to stress my limbs. And I do a lot of, on top of that, I do a lot of uh, CrossFit strength work. Like I do that three to four times a week. Also, work on my legs and my ankles and my core to make sure they, you know, if if you just run. You'll eventually run your legs and feet right off your body. I always say so. You need to <laughs> you need to spend some time strengthening them, or you'll you'll break down. Yeah, that's a good warning for people like me. So I'm going to heed that <laughs> advice. Um, so the the great thing about being a masters runner too, though, Frank, I gather, is that as you as you get older, you you just move into another age group, right? So you you always have a chance to be competitive, right? Exactly, and it's one thing. Like when I when I was sixty nine, I was looking forward to being seventy because then I'd be the youngest person in my age group. So instead of uh, fretting about getting old, you're looking forward to it. Yeah, and there's a community of people at these events, right? You you must get to know because there aren't a lot of people running track at seventy one years old. You must get to know a lot of these other people. Well, we do. Um, we get to know each other at, at some of the races. I mean, some of the guys I see at the races are, are people I saw running at uh, the Peterborough Half Marathon 40 years ago. Um, and we get to know who's who in the community. You know, we're on Strava, so I know who's um, who's the leading runners in my age groups. And I don't know if any of them know me, but I know who they are. So... Do you miss the the racing right now? Do you miss the fact that over the last year, you, a lot of these events have been canceled? I do. As I say, it was it was a once in a lifetime to get to the the World Masters because it was held in Toronto, and you know, in the foreseeable future, it's never going to be back there, and I'm not going to fly to Europe or or Japan to enter in a World Masters. So that was a great disappointment. But I also miss the the track meets the uh, in the indoor track meets and the local 5k road races where 
Um, we all know each other and knows all the runners from, uh, I run with several groups. I run with a local runner's life group sometimes and the local running room group. And, uh, so we all know each other and, and enjoy the pre after race camaraderie that, uh, that's involved. And I'm sure that I miss it and I'm sure the rest of them are missing it too. Yeah. And uh, you must be an inspiration to so many people, Frank. When I when I think of the people you run with, you probably, if you're running with a group at the running room, I imagine many of them, if not all of them, are younger than you. So they must look at you as a great source of inspiration. Well, some of them look at me as if I'm completely crazy, but <laughs> hopefully I'm an inspiration to them. Yeah, beautiful. Well, Frank, you're such an inspiration. I'm, I admire you for all you're doing. And, I, you know, you're, you're running 70K a week and then using your elliptical and you're, you're racing. And, I mean, it's really inspiring. I, I hope that when I'm 71, I'm running as much as you are now. So thank you for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. It's uh, thank you for having me. And as you say, I just hope everybody uh, does their little part and pulls together. And by uh, not too long from now, the races and group runs all come back online and we're good to go. Yeah, I hope so, too. Thank you, Frank. Okay, thank you. That's Frank Mills of Peterborough, Ontario. Coming up next, how to stay motivated when nothing is normal. This episode of iRun Radio is brought to you by Virtual Run Canada. Check out virtualruncanada.ca. That's virtualruncanada.ca. Phaedra Kennedy is a certified running coach with PK Performance Coaching. For the past year, she's been guiding her clients through all the uncertainty of the pandemic. With her trademark energy and enthusiasm, Phaedra, it is great to chat with you again. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. How are you doing? Uh, you know, that's that's uh, an important question these days. You've got to check in with everyone. How have you been? I know. Um, I have good days and bad days, you know, I think like everybody. But you're you're holding up okay. Yeah, I think so. Like in the grand scheme of things, um, I think, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm getting through just focusing on day-to-day things and not trying to obviously make plans for anything because you can't really do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look, I know, you know, uh, you have you bring a lot of energy to what you do as a coach, as a runner, as a, as a voice in our sport. Um, so how do you, what are you doing to try to kind of sustain your energy right now against all these sort of obstacles and downers and, and all of that? What have you been focusing on? Um, I focus on the things that I can control. Uh, and it really, to me, it's, it's the same thing as a race, right? Like when you go into a race, you focus on the things that you can control. And that is your effort, your pace. You can't control what other people are doing around you. You can't control the temperature. So you focus on the things that you can control. And that's, that's what I've been doing. It's what, I, what can I control in my life right now? My daily movement, uh, my attitude towards things, um, how I take care of myself, how I choose to take care of myself. So those are the things that I'm focusing on now. 
Yeah, and you know, that's a great outlook anytime, right? And that's what we do as runners. If you're running a half marathon or a marathon, you know, you can't control the weather, you can't control the conditions on race day, you you know, so you focus on what you can control, right? And that's what we've got to do during a pandemic too, right? Absolutely, 100%, because yeah. we have zero control right now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, are you starting to see, though, that people are feeling, you know, I know it's been tough, particularly in Ontario, we've we've had a third wave, a big time, mm-hmm. but are people starting to feel, especially with vaccinations happening, that that we're turning a corner, at, and or at least there's more light at the end of the tunnel? I think the vaccinations def- definitely make people feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I know when I got my, my vaccine, I was like, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Step one, and I've already booked in for vaccine number two. Like when I went in and had mine, they were they booked right away. So I know that by the end of July, I'm going to have my second dose. Nice. And for me, that means almost back to normal. Yeah. So we're getting there. I think we're getting there, and I really feel like, you know, I'm I'm really hopeful that maybe in the fall we might see some small local races happen. Like I'm crossing my fingers for that. Yeah. So tell me about your running in the meantime. What have you been doing uh, uh, to stay fit, to stay focused? Uh, what What have you been up to? Um, so I've been doing a lot of these fun little challenges. Um, Gary Robbins does these uh, scavenger hunt challenges, and he did one in the summer, and that was the first one that I did. And then he did a winter one, and then he did a spring one. So I signed up for the spring one, and I've been doing these random, strange runs. They're usually runs for a certain amount of time where you have to go and do something within the run. So those have been actually quite fun. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, tell me more about that. Um, So the summer one was really cool because he had, like, you know, there was one challenge where you'd have to go and run at the sunrise, and then the other challenge was run at sunset, and then another challenge was go find stairs and do 2,000 steps, like run 2,000 steps. Another one was um, buy flowers and leave them uh, for either a stranger or on a friend's doorstep or something. Like, it was just things like that that you would never... I would never do those things during a run. At Christmas, one of them was like, listen to Michael Bublé for 45 minutes. Honestly, by the end of that run, I wanted to like blow my head off because 45 <laughs> minutes of Michael Bublé running. running. Michael Bublé is not running music. So it was just yeah. like, oh God. I love Michael Bublé, but I don't listen to him when I'm running. Let's put it that no. way. No. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And one of the ones from this challenge, the spring challenge, was called Top 10 Tango. So you had to Google the top 10 songs of the year you were born. I was born in 1971. There was not a lot of good music in 1971. Not a lot of top 10 good music in 1971. Okay. I think the best song on my playlist was Rod Stewart's Maggie Mae. That was the That's best a good song one. on the playlist. It is a good song. That's a but good one. But then I had like, I had like, um, one of the Carpenters was on there, Donnie and Marie Osmond. I was like, really? In 1971, this is what people loved? Wow. Like, Led Zeppelin was in 1971. There was great rock songs, but it was, like, the Billboard Top 10 of that year. So, um, you know, the other one was Three Dogs, Night, um, Joy to the World. Okay. You know, 
I like that song. That's a good song. Yeah. But yeah, like the rest of it, I was, some of them I didn't even know. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. This is the worst 35 minutes of my life ever. <laughs> it's so But at least it's fun, right? At least it's different. Yeah. You know, you're mixing totally. it up. You're, you're getting creative. Like it's all good. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, that's fantastic. It's been very entertaining. Yeah. So, so that, and I've been riding my bike in the basement, um, slowly ticking off, chasing worlds in Zwift. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with Zwift, but yeah, oh, yeah, they have a whole bunch of different worlds, and I've been like co- trying to collect the badges That's as cool. I go. Yeah. So, yeah. Ben the and I were talking. By now. Yeah, Ben and I were talking earlier about uh, just what we miss about races, and and you know, um, it's it's kind of like you know, there's the race itself, obviously, right? There's the event. Yep. And getting to test yourself, but I think there's also the the experience of being around the other people. And so, are you feeling that right now? Like, are you feeling? Are you missing that sort of dynamic of going to an event, being around other runners, going to the expo? You know, that energy at the start line, all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I'm. To- I totally miss that. And you know, there you can do like with. Black Toe, I coach at Black Toe, and this this training cycle, we opted to give them time trials. So okay. every four weeks, they'd have a 30-minute time trial, and everyone was just like, what, 30 minutes? I don't understand. What's 30 minutes? Of, what, what do I have to do? They can run as hard as you can for 30 minutes. Putting a time frame on something, normally it's like, okay, I'm going to do a 5K time trial or a 10K, right? But to make people run for 30 minutes was just like this, Everyone just lost their mind going, I don't understand. And it's like you just have to challenge yourself in different ways. But I told everyone, treat it like a race. And there were people that were like, people got really nervous. And it was like, yeah, pre-race jitters. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I know some people were pretty stressed out by those. But in the end, I think everyone enjoyed them in a kind of twisted way. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. What advice have you been giving your clients, your coaching clients? How have you been keeping them focused during this time? Again, control the controllables, right? Yeah. Like, and for a lot of people that I coach, just having a routine in all of this makes them feel like things are normal. Right. Right. Knowing that, okay, I'm going to get up today and I have a bike ride to do, or I have a run to do. This is this is what's on my schedule. This is what my week looks like. I can control all of this. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, like my coaching business right now is is booming. Um, and I think for a lot of people, they just need that accountability, a schedule, just to feel like, okay, you know what? This is normal. My life is normal. And moving towards something. I don't know what yet, but I'm moving towards something. Yeah, and what I like so. about that is just the idea, and I, I've been trying to reflect on this, just the idea that I can go outside and go for a run. That is still something I can do. That's That has always been a big part of my life for years now, and I can still do that. So if, you know, there are so many people who play other sports or go to the gym or take yoga classes, and they can't do that right now, whereas I can still go for a run. You know, so that's, Absolutely. there's a silver lining in that, that I think is worth emphasizing. Oh, totally. I, I totally agree. And I mean, we're lucky that we're able to actually go outside and do these things. Because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, um, certain areas of Spain 
and a few other places in Europe were completely locked down. You could not leave the house for exercise. Yeah. I, I was like, oh my God, could you imagine? No way, I would lose my mind if I couldn't leave my house. Yeah. And I have a couple of athletes I coach in Bermuda, and they were, they're just coming out of, they got into another lockdown, a small lockdown, where you couldn't go out in groups, you couldn't go out for more than an hour, um, and you had to stay within a one-mile radius of your home. So, wow. <laughs> if you're a bike rider, you're inside, even though it's beautiful out. Yeah. Um, and a runner, like one of my, one of the girls was like, yeah, no, I just run loops around my house. <laughs> oh, God. Just do laps around the block. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, at least you don't have that here. I can't even imagine if that happened here, the uproar. People would oh, lose their minds. Yeah. Do you not but, feel like everybody's you know, going to emerge from this just so much stronger and more resilient? I know, look, I know there are people who have been really affected by it, but for those people who have just been kind of encumbered by the pandemic and have, have had to change their lifestyle and have not been sick, do you not feel like when we emerge from this, we're just going to have all this extra resilience and energy and, and it's just we're just going to kind of explode back into the world? I totally, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, if, if by chance there are fall races this year in Toronto, you know it's going to be a giant party. Yeah. And the energy is going to be like nothing else. And I think, you know, on the mental side of things, I think having gone through this, I do think that, you know, most athletes might not think that this is affecting them in any way or making them stronger, but I do think it, it, it will. You know, because this has been a tough time for people. And I think once they come out of it and they're able to get back to racing, they'll appreciate things so much more and realize that, you know what, I went through a really tough time. So this isn't that hard. Great stuff, Phaedra. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and I love the energy that you bring to our sport. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you someday at a race expo and at a start line. It's, it's, it, every day is one step closer to that, right? Yeah, exactly. And if I do see you, you're going to get a hug and a high five. <laughs> we'll be able to do that at that point. <laughs> right on. Good stuff. Thanks, Phaedra. All right, Mark. Take care. That's Phaedra Kennedy, a runner and running coach in Toronto. I hope you can join us next week on I Run Radio. We will have more stories of running in these unusual times. In the meantime, please stay safe. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.